Hello, Health Investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Julie Caraccio. Julie is an award-winning professional life and end-of-life organizer and certified life coach. She's passionate about supporting people as they clear clutter in all areas of their lives, get organized, and become more mindful and aware. In the episode, Julie shares forms of clutter, aside from physical, that may be holding us back from the life we choose, deserve, and desire, how inner clutter is related to outer clutter, and vice versa, conventional decluttering and organizing advice she disagrees with, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, thrivemarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think eating healthy meant I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store. That is until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive delivers groceries directly to your door, they're able to cut out all middle people and heavily discount their inventory. When I buy groceries on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per order, and I'm able to fill up my cart from the comfort of my couch. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. All right, it's time to hear from Julie. Enjoy! Simonson, Certified Nutrition Coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. One of my passions in life is decluttering and organizing. And so I have had many experts like yourself on this podcast because I love this topic. Uh, so I can't wait to dive into the conversation today. And I'm sure I'm going to learn so much from you. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to be here. Can you share with us what led you to become a professional declutterer and organizer? Is this something you'd always wanted to do growing up or did it come to you later in life? Not at all. What had happened, I'd been living in Los Angeles and moved to North Carolina and I lucked out. I company went under about 18 months, but I had planned for it and, and it was kind of crazy. And I thought, I just don't want to get another job. I've been in fund development and doing that. And I thought, what could I do that I have to make money, right? I'm a single woman at the time. I have to make money, I, I, but I want to make a difference. And what will use my skill sets? And so I thought, ah, organizing. Because when I was living in Los Angeles, people were like, you're uptight. Come help me get organized. And so I'd been doing it, not even thinking it was a profession. And, that, and then I Googled. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's a career. 
So that really <laughs> led to it. And then I had about, I started in 2009 and then I had this really great aha movement uh, moment. And I was working with a client and she said, can we just talk? And so I was like, sure, you're the client. And what I do typically when working in homes, I work in four hour chunks because that way you see, see a difference. And we probably spent three hours talking and an hour actually organizing and decluttering. And so the aha moment for me was it's more about the clutter. It's, you know, you can't organize clutter. I think the fly lady said that. And so it's like, how can we clear our clutter? And so in the meantime, I'm working. And then I started a internet TV show called Reawaken Your Brilliance. I'm very interested in body, mind, spirit. And so that's going on at the same time. And then I have this aha, you know, it's not just the physical stuff. It's our mental clutter. It's our health clutter. It's all of it. And so that's how I'm a little different taking all of that in consideration. Mm, interesting. Uh, you mentioned that your friends kind of leaned on you. I feel like everybody in my circle knows <laughs> I'm the kind of type A anal, <laughs> mm-hmm. not wanting a lot of clutter. I wouldn't, for a while, I was calling myself a minimalist, but I, I wouldn't even call myself a minimalist. The other day, I was really thinking about it, and I would more call myself an intentionalist, if that makes sense. Ooh, I I, yes, yes. Really intentional purchases. And if I don't, if I get it and it doesn't meet my standards of quality, or I don't think I'm going to use it on second thought, I take it back. Um, but I posted on TikTok the other day, I do stuff with nutrition and weight loss, but I posted that probably once a week, minimum, somebody tells me I have to own an air fryer, a slow cooker or an Instapot. And I went on this video to say we owned a pressure cooker. I think it was a combo kind of Instapot slow cooker situation, for a couple years, we only used it twice. So we got rid of it. And I owned a slow cooker years ago. I used it a handful of times. But I, thinking about kind of intentionalism, I like the way my kitchen's set up. It's very sparse. The counters mm-hmm. are clear. There's a space for every small electronic. And I just, for me, that doesn't feel helpful because I really like my pots and my pans and my skillets call me old fashioned, whatever. But it's just funny to me that if somebody now, if something's all the rage, like an air fryer, Mm -hmm. and I know people love them, I get like attacked for not having an air fryer. Mm -hmm. And I'm not speaking ill of them. If you love it, that's awesome. But just for me, I don't own one. And people are just really triggered by the fact that I don't own one. That's fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. And I just think, I mean, I don't want one. And I say, that's great. I love that you love it. I'm sure if I had one, maybe I'd love it. I don't know. But just this instant uh, thought we have, I guess, of the kind of keeping up with the Joneses thing of it used to be the Instapot. Now it's the air fryer. Then it'll be something else, a sous vide machine or something else. And I just don't personally collect all of those gadgets. I have nothing against anyone who does, but people don't like that about me. <laughs> but I love the term intentionalist because I'm not a minimalist. Like I look around, like I have, like when we travel, I'll, I try to always get street art. Right. And so mm-hmm. my mom was a painter. So I have all her pictures up and I have my inspiration board, which some people might say, Oh, it's cluttered. I'm like, but I look over and I'm inspired. So I love the fact that you say intentionalist. Cause I don't think 
most of us can be minimalists. And I know this is just me personally, but I equate minimalism with austerity, mm-hmm. with like nothing on the walls. And I imagine like Kim Kardashian's, you know, white and concrete house that has no art. And I just, that makes me cry when I see something like that. Cause I'm like, I, I want to live life. I want to be happy. I want to be full of joy. And for me, now they mm-hmm. were for someone else. But uh, I want to touch on something really quickly because you work with weight loss. Clutter has been found implicated in not being in compliance with meds, with not exercising. And if your kitchen's a hot mess and disorganized and clutter, you're probably going to rely on takeout and frozen food. So if someone's looking to lose weight, being, you know, clutter-free and disorganized is important. I find that research so fascinating and I live in Northern California now and I have a larger kitchen and I am able to put things away and into spaces. So on our countertop, we have a couple plants because that really brings me joy in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And it's very sparse because I think of it almost like entering like a clean palette, clean slate chef's type of kitchen. And I really, I love being in there. We have a rug, like it just is a very cozy space to me. And along the lines of what you said, I want to be in there. Uh, and so that's something I talk about with clients is, do you want to be mm-hmm. in that space or is every gadget out? And then sometimes I get pushback of, oh, I live in a small space and I don't have as much space as you, to which I come back with, I lived in New York City for 12 years <laughs> and had at 1.8 inches of counter space. And I yeah. still... I just had less. I had even Mm -hmm. fewer gadgets than I do now, because to me, that was so important to have this clean slate exterior. And so it's really, as I'm sure we're going to talk about, kind of figuring out what you value and then making your possessions kind of align with that. And possibly that means not buying every single gadget. It is. And you know, you touched on it earlier. A lot of it's keeping up with the Joneses. And there's all this pressure. Like, I hate social media. And I'm older than you. And so I grew up without social media, thankfully. But I feel like, you know, especially with Instagram, like it's not real life. And so like when I do all these short videos, I'm like, I look like this. I've just gotten in from playing tennis or whatever. I don't try to curate something that's not real. But I feel like especially for young kids, I worry about them growing up because there's all this pressure to, to keep up. And, and so I think that fuels a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And we can just quickly click on things now and they show up at our doorstep. I mean, I call myself a lazy person. I I don't really (laughs) not actually lazy, but in some things I don't want to spend a lot of time cooking or cleaning dishes. You know, I make very simple things, using minimal dishes Mm -hmm. or going to the store to buy clothes sounds really terrible to me. (laughs) Like ordering them online is quicker. And, but then, you know, if I had to buy every single thing as my grandparents did from a store, I'd probably even own less. And I think a lot of us would, if we couldn't just click behind our computers. So it's this, Mm -hmm this tough space we live in now where things can just show up immediately and you don't even have to leave your home. And that can get really dangerous in terms of clutter. It really can. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure we've all had that moment where there's the thing hanging in our closet that still has the tags on it, or we discover the Amazon purchase a year later that we never took out of the box. Right. That stuff adds up. Yeah, it does. And the thing is what I found a lot of people like, Oh, I don't know how this happened. Well, if you don't, declutter for 20, 30, 40 years. 
And, you know, this, the younger generation these days, they don't want everything that, you know, the parents and grandparents are thinking, oh, I'm going to save this for you. And they're like, not interested, (laughs) you know, and then, but someone has to clean that up. Yeah. Right. You, I, you kind of touched on this, but I love how you define clutter as anything that prevents us from creating the life we choose, deserve and desire. Can you talk more about that? Sure. And my language was very deliberate. So a lot of times when we think about clutter, we just think about the physical aspect. And since I've been in business since 2009, I was always kind of the weird one because I looked at it holistically. Like you can have relationship clutter, you can have health clutter, emotional clutter. And so clutter is the stuff that doesn't matter. It's a stuck, stagnant energy. And so when we have clutter in our life, then we can't create that life that we really choose. And I, and I, I say the word choose because it has a different energy about it. When I choose, I'm claiming, I'm staking. And when I'm saying what, I'm like trying to pull it towards me. Whereas kind of like, give me, give me, give me. We're like, choose. I'm claiming it. It's mine. It's a less of a, a whiny thing. And so, and that deserve because to me, we're either in love or hate, or I would put just above love is thinking we're not good enough, we're not worthy, and we're not loved. If I know I'm good enough, then I don't have to keep up with the Joneses. If I know I'm worthy, then I don't have to buy a bunch of things to prove it to someone else. If I know I'm loved, then I don't have to have a closet full of clothes showing me that I love myself. And hopefully Mm. that'll make sense. So to me, that really is what it boils down to. And when, if, for instance, if you have a bunch of mental clutter, then maybe you're not writing because you think, oh, I'm not, I can't do this. I can't write. I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And that prevents us from doing what truly brings us joy. And I think that's just brilliant to talk about these other forms of clutter because it's so true. We do think of it as the physical items in our space, but the health clutter, as you said, uh, I have written here from researching you before chatting Mm -hmm. financial clutter you mentioned. Can you talk about that? Sure. So that's not saving for retirement. And again, this is all going to be very individualized, but you don't have enough for say the essentials or you're not saving for retirement or you go into debt because you buy so many clothes, right? You had a great example of how we can just press a button and everything. Are you reconciling your bills? You know, or you know, one of the things I don't want to be 90 and working in Walmart, right? That's something that's really important to me. So whatever it is, whether uh, it's not saving, it's being in debt, that's preventing you from doing things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you mentioned social media, even just digital clutter. Oh yes. Oh yes. Face these days, or I saw somebody uh, the other day, we're recording this in kind of beginning of January And somebody said the only detox you need to do this year is your social media feed, which I thought was cool to think about. And they said, just take five minutes to kind of go through who you follow. And Mm -hmm. they were using that Marie Kondo language of, does this bring me joy? So thinking about the accounts, does this one actually make me feel good about myself when I'm reading it? And just unfollow. Nobody will ever know. Just unfollow a bunch of people that are bringing you that would be probably kind of even mental and emotional. Oh, gosh, yeah. 
A thousand percent. You know, yeah. and we're fed like a lot of my feeds cats. I'm like, yeah. I can, can't, you know, I can never get enough cat videos. I have cats, but, you know, I'm happy to sit and look at more cat videos. I might say something that I'm crazy or something. But, you know, there's people you just bring you down. And it's like, I, I don't have a perfect body. So I don't, I'm not following women, you know, who are in bikinis or like putting more pressure on myself. I'm like, okay, I've made the, health. My goal was last year. I did great and met everything and it's continuing part two this year. And I've made great strides, but I don't want something like that to take me off my game. Right. I think that's a good point. You also say that inner clutter is related to outer clutter and vice versa. Yes. What do you mean by that? So for example, if we have, I'm in my office and if this was a very physically cluttered space, it's going to create mental clutter right? Because I'm like, oh, I've got all this, everything's energy. So if I start to clear my physical clutter, then that's going to help me mentally. Hmm. If I start to say, okay, I'm very anxious, I'm going to work on my anxiety, then that allows me to get to a place of calm where I can begin to declutter my physical stuff. Hmm. And again, it can be like the spiritual, emotional, when we work on one, it's automatically going to help us in the other. Wow. Right? Because there's always those roadblocks, or we're overwhelmed or whatever it is. And when we improve in one area, it's automatically going to help us do it in, in another one. I think I, for some reason, just naturally can feel if I, I don't know, there's a tightness in my body. And then if I start looking around and I feel like we haven't kind of edited our apartment in a while, mm-hmm. I feel that probably once every three, four months, so my husband now is on board and we do a pretty good clean out two, three times a year. Uh, what if that doesn't kind of come naturally to somebody and the clutter builds up and maybe they're feeling the tightness, but they don't realize there's a direct correlation between the energy of everything around them, kind of sucking the energy out of them. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you advise for those people? So I would look at something like, do you have a deadline for something? If you're like, gosh, I don't know where to start or what I'm feeling. So say you're getting new kitchen cabinets. Okay, well, they're coming in in April. So then that's your, you have the next couple months to declutter. You have a built-in deadline. Like, you know what? I'm going to get these nice new cabinets. I just don't want it to become filled with junk. I don't want everything to be a junk drawer. If uh, you have an issue, like for instance, if you paid your mortgage late, then we need to declutter and organize the office because that's costing you money. Or if you're, you know, health issue, if you're like a doctor says, I've got to lose weight, I've got to be better Then you know what, then maybe the kitchen's what we need to prioritize to declutter and organize or something's driving you nuts. You know what? I can't, my bedroom is a hot mess and I can't, it's not a sanctuary for me. So that's where I'm going to start. Hmm. So then you declutter first. You don't just organize the clutter. Correct. Declutter first. I Now, some people will say... Uh, yeah, you can organize it all. I always recommend you declutter first. I have yet to meet someone in uh, what, 13 years, 14 years that couldn't use a decluttering. Right. Cause then you're just bringing in more items from the container store or whatever to Right. Or just maybe moving clutter. around, you're organizing yeah. all your stuff, but you, okay, it's organized, but you still have a lot of stuff. I want people to see the bigger picture of clutter. And what I mean by that is I don't want you to see it as a messy desk. I want you to see it as a roadblock to Mm. getting a promotion, or I don't want you to see an overstuffed closet. I want you to see it as potentially preventing a relationship from blooming. Mm. Right. So we just don't see the little thing. Like how is, how does this affect the big picture of my life? And 
this is something I talk about with clients all the time, just making small nutritional changes when you Mm -hmm. start to feel more energized and more confident. I mean, that feeling is amazing. And so I think you can really start to feel it once you declutter an area, just the lightness you feel, and then you don't want to go back to how it was before. A thousand percent. What if somebody struggles to, let's say they declutter the closet, but they then continue to stick with the same habits that they had before in terms of purchasing. So it clutters up again very quickly. What are some mindset shifts that people need to make so that the purchasing habits change? That's a great question. So I would say accountability always helps. Like if you really struggle with this, you say, uh, you have that front of context. Oh man, I'm thinking about getting that blouse on Amazon. Talk me off the ledge mm-hmm. or that, you know, you go shopping with, and then I'd say, what does it cost you? Like you're standing in your closet and it feels so good and it's peace of mind and the energy feels good, but now it doesn't. What has that cost you? And again, looking at the bigger picture. Okay. Well, I, I went into debt buying all these clothes. Like what is it that you're losing? And then what will you gain or what you had gained that feels good, right? Because it doesn't feel good when you have the overstuffed closet. So you have to look at, at the what you're gaining and what you're relieving yourself of. Right. And I guess for some people, maybe who are more financially fit, if you will, like <laughs> they don't maybe feel the cost as much in terms of but they're trying to fill something. That's what I'm going to argue. Yeah. Like how many dresses can you have? Right. And, you know, people might disagree with that. Again, like to me, that goes back to kind of the spiritual aspect of not feeling good enough, worthy or love. Cause if you were all good with all of that, you wouldn't feel the need to have a thousand dresses, hmm. even if you could afford it. So it's a lot of inner work. Oh, I, I, I would say more than the outer work a thousand percent. Yeah. Cause anybody can just, put stuff in bags to donate and buy the little organizers. But right. it's the inner work of kind of why am I collecting all these things? In the yes. Yes. They in feng shui, you know, they say that you collect what you feel you're missing from your life. And when I lived in Los Angeles, I was a victim of a crime. And the first thing I did after that happened, and I still have her somewhere, she's in the on the little door there. I put an angel above my doorway. And to me, an angel represents love and protection. And at that point, I felt I needed protection. I feel loved. And so, and then I started to collect angels. Nothing crazy. I've never been uh, nuts about it. And then I read this feng shui book and I'm like, oh, that's why I collect angels. And as soon as I had that realization, I'm like, I feel love and protected now. I worked through what I had to work through with that. And so I don't need, I still have angels. I like them, but I was like, I don't need any more. Like I'm good to go Yeah. because I, I figured out what they were representing to me. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. There's so much decluttering and organizing advice. I mean, I just learned of a new account or book, or maybe it's a TV show even called The Home Edit. There was the Marie Kondo craze. What is... I just want to say something about The Home Edit. Oh, yeah. I have YouTube evidence. One of my tips was stop calling it the junk drawer. And I saw that in their book. And I'm like, I'm the first one to say that. And you can go (laughs) back to my YouTube thing. Because that comes from my spiritual practice and journey. And perhaps they came up with it. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. I've been saying that for a decade. So... Oh, wait. What does that even mean, though? I mean, in your So you you are what you call yourself. So if you Uh stop calling it the 
the junk drawer, then you're not going to put junk. You're going to have that moment of realization. Okay, I just don't want to throw junk in it because then it becomes a junk word and it's cluttered and nothing ever happens. So I'm going to be purposeful. Maybe it's the a fix it drawer or I keep all of my mailing supplies in here and that allows you to not clutter it and organize it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then you would have a fix it drawer and a mail exactly rather than just one where everything's just tossed. Right. And you can do little dividers. You can, you know, reuse that your checks come in those little boxes, use those. You don't have to go out and buy anything, but then you keep it neat. And so there's a place for everything. Oh, wow. Hey there, health investor. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just popping in here for a quick minute to share an exciting opportunity with you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in sustainable weight loss. If you've been struggling to lose weight and actually keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one coaching program. Unlike restrictive, hard-to-follow diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed habits and an everything-in-moderation mindset so that you can lose weight permanently feel completely in control of your cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. To learn more about my coaching programs and apply to work with me, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. Now, back to the episode. Well, yeah, so I was going to ask, is there conventional decluttering and organizing advice that you disagree with. So I guess the first one would be them taking your term. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't, but all I'm going to say is I saw that book and I thought, man, I've been saying that for over a decade, but I'm not famous. So (laughs) what I, so this is interesting too. So Marie Kondo, when I have a podcast like you do, and I started my podcast in 2013 and I feel like we were coming from the same energy because there's a, Things about, I haven't read the book, but there are things about, I really like about her, like having gratitude, thanking things, things that are very similar. Uh, I can't hold something and ask me if it sparks joy. So uh, it's worked obviously for a bunch of people and that's awesome. But I think one thing that, that where people get stuck is like, oh, the home edit does it or Marie Kondo does it. Well, that doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. It's really individualized. And the thing that's hard about that and frustrates me is I see people like, I can't do this because, you know, this is how they do it. My BFF did it this way and it doesn't work for me. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're wrong. We just have to figure out what works for you. So I also feel like, uh, with, with the home edit and I, I haven't watched the show and I haven't read the book, but you know, when I see that they work with celebrities, it's kind of that we talked about, there's no decluttering. It's just organizing it all. So to me, that's, a surface thing, which is fine, but the kind of people I work with and get me jazzed up is that people who want to have those shifts, have that more spiritual, like what's the bigger picture in this? So, you know, you just keep buying, buying, buying. That's just not me. And right. I, and it, you can organize it all, but I don't think if you declutter, I, I just think that that is, uh, you would benefit. I'd say people mm-hmm. would benefit more from that. And again, it's, you know, if you're rich and have that and then you just want, okay, have at it. That's just not, you know, not me. And, and I think also the perfection things, like I'm surprised Martha Stewart hasn't come after me. Cause I've said in more than one interview, like, I think that she is unrealistic for people. Like I read somewhere she sleeps four hours a night. Mm. She has an entire staff. Well, that's groovy. You can have everything neatly labeled. I don't, 
Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work for me. I want to live my life. I, right. My goal is to have stuff. Oh, you can save me $500 on insurance. Have at it because I'm going to go grab my insurance policy and let's review it and see if that will happen. Or that when I go into my bedroom, I'm like, ah, oh, I can relax. It feels so good. You know, I want to live my life and not be OCD and have to have everything so completely organized that it takes away from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I remember watching one of her cooking shows years ago where she made her own sprinkles. And I was like, that's oh, it. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. This is not for me. <laughs> I have to turn this off. But it, as you're describing it, it seems almost as if organizing is kind of the band-aid approach. You're just kind of making it look prettier, putting on this band-aid of, okay, now everything's fine. But really, it's not solving the deeper issue of the clutter. In my view, it isn't. Now, yeah. and with the people I've worked with, there's always been something behind it. And there can be people say, hey, we just had a baby. I just need to organize. There's really nothing. That, you know, and again, it's yeah, it's all individualized. That's why there's no one size fits all and don't expect to follow this method and, and not have it work for you. But yeah, the people, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, watching the celebrities, I mean, it's all good and fun seeing inside right. their homes, but when they accumulate more things, they can probably just build another closet or, right. you know, they're not having kind of issues that most of us have on a day-to-day -day basis right. of limited space, maybe. So. Yeah, it's not realistic for most yeah. of us. Right, right. For the what majority, yeah. some of the main reasons you see that people feel really reluctant or unable to let go of, let's say, physical possessions? I would say a lot of people, oh, I might need that someday. Mm -hmm. Right. How, how long have you had it? 10 years? Have you ever used it? No. Yeah. So what I say to that, can you trust that you'll get what you need when you need it? And again, this is kind of a more bigger spiritual picture, but let's talk about the physical stuff for a moment. Okay. If you let it go, can you borrow it from a neighbor? Can you rent it? You know, can't, there are options here. You might be able to, if you super need it, find it. We have a place where I live called Sibs, which you can go and find anything. People just sell stuff there. You know, there are lots of options. And so it doesn't, if you really truly need it, but if you've held onto it for all this time and hasn't used it, remember it's taking up space. We talked about the energetic component of that. And so I see that a lot of people will say that the other thing where people get tripped up a lot is memories. So They'll say, oh, well, you know, I'll talk. My mother died last year. And so I have been slowly going through everything and all of her possessions and stuff. And I know, okay, you know, gosh, I love this, but I don't need it. My mom is in my heart. My mom is in my head. And so if I let this item go, my mom's not going to disappear. The memory of my mother is not going to go away. And so what we do is we put our feelings and our memories on an object, which that's what gets us held up. So you have to remember heart and head. Mm. And so sometimes to solve that, if you really need to take a picture of something mm -hmm. and then it goes back to what is it costing you? You know, all this stuff takes up space. I had a client once who had, her parents had been dead about 20 years. And so the entire basement was filled with their stuff in boxes. Like she hadn't even opened. And she's like, I feel guilty. And this is what I say when people have passed. And I truly believe this, and especially after my mother died, it reinforced it for me. When people have gone on to the next adventure, they want you to be happy. They don't want their possessions to become a burden to you. So release that guilt. 
you know, release that you feel like you need to hold on to it. Now I'll give you a personal example. So I have my, um, grandmother, uh, when she died, my aunts and dad were really great. They wanted everyone to have everything. I was living in Los Angeles at the time. So they shipped all the stuff. It was her, it's really beautiful an antique set. So it was two twin beds, all this, blah, blah, blah. When we lived in North Carolina, we used it for our guest room. It was great. So we moved. Actually, ironically, I ended up buying her house. Hmm. Nice thing about a small town kind of coming home. And it just it was really funny how it happened. But anyway, how our house is set up, I'm like, we don't have room for it. So I, my dad's like, talk to your aunts. Don't, you know, give it. So I said, here's the deal. We've loved it. We've used it, but we don't have space for it. So our options are for me to sell it. Uh, you know, give it to the Sibs place, find someone in need. What do you want? And they didn't want me to give it away. So my aunt said, you can come store it in my house. So I said, fine. I, I wasn't going to cause a family thing, but they came up with a solution. So it's now in her basement hmm. because I'm like, we're not keeping it here. So right. in that particular thing. And then when she goes on to the next adventure, I'm like, I'll deal with it then. I, yeah. It's not worth it to me to upset someone. So I don't have any judgment of that for whatever we, I get it. It's antique. It was their mother, blah, blah, blah. So I understand it. But, but that's against that putting in the emotion and the feelings thinking, you know, that's grandmother and it's not grandmother. It's right. just a bedroom. So much of what you're saying has parallels to the work I do with clients. And we talk about foods and how all foods can fit, but all foods can't maybe fit all the time. So deciding on just truly worth it foods to you. What are those? And then delaying gratification for the best version. So if I say I love chocolate chip cookies, mm -hmm. I don't mean I love chips ahoy. I mean, I love like a baked gooey chocolate chip cookie. And I'd rather wait for that than just eat a chips ahoy. But as you're talking about these possessions that hold meaning, it's almost deciding the ones it's not that you can't keep any, but deciding the ones that are truly worth it, that are going to bring you the most joy, not to be Marie Kondo-y, but <laughs> bring you the most joy and releasing the rest because they're costing you space. Mm -hmm. And if our external clutter is also directly correlated to our internal clutter, they're also probably causing you some type of internal clutter as well. Oh, they are. And think about it. If you know there's clutter in the back of your mind, then it just is like that drip, drip, drip. And you know it's there and it's causing you stress. Like I remember reading Cheryl Richardson. I remember being in L.A. and, and not having a cell phone. I know hard to believe that there was such a time. And then I got in an accident and I couldn't. And luckily someone called because it was a hit and run on a freeway in L.A. It was a total disaster. But I was like, I have to get a cell phone so that I can that worry in the back of my mind was always there. And once I got that, that took care of that. So the clutter's there, even if it doesn't feel like it, right. You know, even if you're like not consciously aware, you're unconsciously aware. Yeah. And I, I just truly feel that so much of, even if it's photos on my phone that I haven't gone through in a while or yesterday I had, a couple hour window and I just went through my website and there were these old pages that I'd created and I just went through every page and decided is this page still worthwhile on my site or should I delete it and it felt it felt like I hired a $5000 web developer to come in and help me and it just took an hour of my time 
to get rid of old pages. And I just feel, Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing looks different about the website, but I feel different and more excited about it now. And I feel more space to create Mm -hmm. new pages that serve my business now versus holding on to those ones from three years ago. Right. I need, I need a web person. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, started on that, yeah. that, that <laughs> is good and reliable and that I can count on. But yeah, but you m- mentioned something that's when we clear that clutter, we create that space uh-huh. to create the life we desire and to call in what we're like, you know, I really want a relationship. Well, let me clear out some clutter really. And it's stuck stagnant energy. And everything's energy. So that's what we're saying. Well, universe, you can't bring me something because I'm already so full. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. What if somebody holds on to belongings because they don't like the idea of perfectly good things ending up in a landfill or going to a place where, you know, maybe somebody else will use it or maybe not? Great question. So a lot of places have reuse stores. You're in Cali. So I know I'm sure you have some there. We have that in Raleigh. We have a place called Sibs. Like my husband found some, uh, it was, I was like, what is that? And he found, he's like, this is probably a tool from the thirties, but it was something, I don't remember what it was. He's like, they just don't make them like this anymore. So you have options like that. Depending on what it is, donate, know what your charities will take. Like if it's just sitting there and again, like if you wait 20, 30 years, you know, maybe clothes get um, moth eaten or whatever, and then you can't use that. I like to be as green as possible, but when it becomes trash, it's, you have to have it as trash. And I know this because I have a good friend in your part of the woods that in California, if you donate a bunch of junk to a nonprofit, they're probably going to be charged a landfill fee to get rid of that. So if you wouldn't give it to your good friend, a relative, don't dump it on a charity. I think that that's something uh, that's really important. So if we start to be aware of what we're bringing in our home and then we buy less, I mean, that's really where it starts. Then if we don't do anything, I mean, I can't tell you, I've stuff covered in rat poop and droppings and all of that because it's sat in attics and not had anything, uh, you know, it's just sat there and, 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 uh, gotten messed up. So it, it begins with not buying and understanding that. And like you said, being very intentional, you're like, Oh, you know what? We didn't use the Instapot. So I gave it two months. Like you're, you're in that frame of mind knowing, you know what, we tried this out and sometimes things don't work, but then you got rid of it. You just didn't stick it in the closet and allow it to wait 10 years to deteriorate or whatever. So that's where a lot of that, I think if you, you know, beginning with awareness, before it even gets to that stage. And if it's junk, you know, I hate it. I hate, I try to be as green as possible when it's just trash and old and yucky, you know, you just got to let it go. But, you know, those are the bigger things that we as society need to come up with because some areas more than others are running out of landfill space. And what was it that who stopped someone that we stopped taking Americans, America's uh, trash mm. can't remember, you know, it's come to just trying to know, we don't want it anymore. So we need to think of those bigger pictures. But again, to me, that goes back. I feel good enough, worthy enough, loved. I don't have to buy all this stuff Mm -hmm. to fill that need. How do you help people navigate the consumerism that surrounds birthdays and holidays? So if they're really trying to keep a decluttered space, but then people are giving you things that you know you are never going to use. 
Well, I, I always have conversations, plant seeds. You know, it's fascinating to me. I've read more than once of people, parents being like, oh, I'm trying to do so well. And the grandparents keep sending stuff. <laughs> and one, she's like, I just take it right to a charity. So that, and you can, you can have the conversations and it doesn't mean that they're going to do anything. So one, please don't give gifts. I'm a fan of giving experiences. So I have older nieces and nephews. So uh, last year we did the escape from Egypt and we won. We like escape rooms. This uh, year, the Christmas present is we're all going to go to Top Golf and they're going to try to beat me. <laughs> and so I try to do experiences like that. So it's about having those conversations. Look, we have enough or, you know, one gift or whatever limiting. So that's where it has to start. And then I think, you know, I hate like the, um, uh, this, this wasn't, I don't remember this growing up, but like these goodie bags that every time you go to a birthday party, it's, you know, usually just maybe it's candy, but maybe it's a bunch of plastic crap that's going to end up in the trash. And so not having that and saying no to that. And, and, and I see these parties and it's like the baby announcements and, you know, blowing up stuff. Do we really need that? Like, again, I think that goes back to the social media and you see this and feel like you have to do bigger and better and, and outdo everyone else. But that starts to, well, why do I feel the need to compete? That's mm -hmm. the inner stuff and asking yourself those questions. Why do I feel the need to do this? Right. How do you help people who have children and kind of instilling these messages in their kids? I, I think somebody else I interviewed uh, had two or three kids and they said that one of their kids as a declutterer is just loves to hang on to everything. Mm -hmm. And so what do you, what do you advise for parents? That's a great question because I found if there's more than one kids, it's absolutely fascinating how you'll have the one kid that wants to hold on. One's like, yeah, let it go. And usually, you know, maybe a couple in between and it's usually a parent that leans one way or the other. And so I think that they are very important skills but one, don't, this is important. I want to say this. Don't just throw everything out without their permission. I had a client once who had, was an older woman and had a ton of stuffed animals. But when she was at camp, people came in and cleared out her room and that was traumatizing. So definitely don't do that. But it's about having those conversations and instilling them. You know, I had a, a client and oh, the little girl was furious. She was eight or nine and she's like, mama, I didn't get my class pictures because you didn't, you know, write the check and blah, blah, blah. And so as we were decluttering, we found the picture form with the check, but because they, that's what they hired me to do. Like they had a, a kind of cool art homework room and that's where it was. And the kid was, and so it was a, a teachable moment. Okay. Well we, you know, and so again, at their level, like there's no right or wrong here, let's talk about this. So you're mad at mama, but here we found what you, you know, she had given you and because you weren't disorganized and because, you know, this is what it cost you. You didn't get to get your school picture. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have those teachable moments. And I think it's really important around uh, setting the tone birthdays and Christmas and holidays. And it's also a nice time for them to give. Right. Okay. You have, we know we have some presents come in. Let's clear out some clutter. And I'm a fan of taking a child. If they're passionate about animals, take them to the animal shelter or, you know, whatever it is, so that they see that their things are going to a good home. Mm -hmm. Because if they think, oh, it's just going to be thrown away, or, you know, I love this, I don't want to see that. Well, no, it's going to go to a good home. And this is how it's going to help yeah. someone. I think that that's something that can really make a difference. I know my cousin has done a really good job with our niece of, she'll, one time I was playing with her and she said, you know what, I think it's time 
to give this to another little girl who would like to play with it because I'm not using it anymore. But she just nice. realized yeah. in her playing of, oh, I found this thing that I never use, um, which I think is just such a good way to phrase it. And so it's right. kind of always in the back of her mind of she can kind of release toys when she's not using them anymore and they'll go to a good home. That's right. That's cool. Yeah. I think you're good. Kudos to your sister. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the final questions I ask each of my guests is in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? What does it make mean to make the health investment? Well, I love this question because my 2022 was devoted to exercising 2023 we're hitting nutrition because like you said I couldn't change everything but I have to tell you I'm down weight I'm doing all that I'm doing a really fascinating functional medicine program so to me it's the foundation for everything if you have good health you have hope mm -hmm. you know everything else can be taken away so it is it's the foundation for everything as far as I'm concerned especially as I age and get older. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I don't want to, you know, hopefully I'll die in my sleep or get struck by lightning and it'll be quick or whatever it is, but I want to be healthy. And the better that I take care of my health, um, the better my life is. And, you know, if you look at that from a financial standpoint, you know, it's expensive if you get sick, mm -hmm. you know, I just had, I just found out I'm, I have, we have pretty good insurance. And I called and I said, is this nutritionist in the network? Yes. You have four sessions a year. And then they just told me, well, you're not obese. Your BMI is not over 35. So we're not going to pay for nutrition. And you're not technically by doctor's term pre-diabetic. I'm like, well, anyway. And I'm like, but we don't want to be proactive and fund mm. what could become that. And mm -hmm. it's just craziness. So don't rely on the insurance, but, but have that strong health foundation. I mean, it's everything. I think that's really cool too, that you took a year for movement and now a year where your focus is nutrition, because that is really going to produce lasting change versus it's January and I'm going to do all of the things all at once. I had to, I would have been overwhelmed and I would have quit. Yeah. And so then, you know, what other thing was great, it got me out of my comfort zone. Like I never played tennis and in my neighborhood, we have a tennis court. So in uh. June, I made it to the finals, lost to my sister-in-law. It's uh. doubles tennis. I'm too old for single tennis. But, <laughs> you know, but by making those things, I'm like, and I discovered something that I really enjoy because I like, eh, you know what, I'll sign up because it'll be a, a day from the gym. And then we have hills so I can go walking and enjoy being in nature instead of mm -hmm. always being at the gym. And this part of this nutrition counseling is some weight coaching and I'm doing things I've never done before that are challenging my body. So I just was like, you know what, you're in it for the long haul, take the time and make those small changes. And then that way it'll, and I still exercise four to six days a week. I've kept yeah. with it and the nutrition thing, I'm learning all this stuff. And I think education is so important too. Mm -hmm. Like this part, it, it has coaching too. And so I'm like, Oh, I didn't real. Oh, okay. I need to know that I need to have a, I don't want to know what they're feeding me on TV or on Google. What is it that, that's really going on here? What's the mm -hmm. truth? Yeah. And also what a cool perspective to go into these things and think I've never done this before and it's challenging, but I'm going to learn something. That's just a great mindset for decluttering also, right? If you think I've never really tackled this in the way that I heard on this podcast, but I'm going to go into it with this new mindset and see how that serves me. Right. It, it, you know, it's with anything in life, but if you've never decluttered or organized, you can do it. Yeah. Because one of the things I ask when I start with a new client is what way are you organized? 
how have you decluttered? And I have yet for someone to be like, ah, don't, can't say anything about either of those. So that's about recognizing, hey, I'm already doing this. Now we just have to increase it. We just have to learn more skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Focus on what you already do and what you're good at and build upon that. That's great. Yes. Well, this has been such a pleasure for me to chat with you. Uh, Where can listeners find and follow you off air? If they go to reawakenyourbrilliance.com, they can learn all about me, has all my social media links, links to the podcast, my books, I have classes, I have affirmations. You're looking to decluttering. I've got you covered in just about everything. Awesome. And I love that. Just go to the website. It's all there. It's just easy. Yes. I'm so grateful that you shared your wisdom with us today. And I learned, as I knew I would, I learned a lot and I'm sure my audience did as well. Thank you for being here, Julie. I look forward to staying connected. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.